Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the ways in which you speak through your word. We pray that we may encounter your presence through your word this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder if there's uh, someone in your life who you always look forward to spending time with. Someone, when you see in your diary that are coming up uh, is a a time with them, you are just really excited. Uh, Hopefully for some of you that might be your spouse. Uh, For some others it may be a really good friend, Uh, it may be another family member, uh, someone from church, whatever it may be. But you just know that when you see them, you're going to have a good time, you're going to have fun. Maybe they're a good encourager, they're going to encourage you. Maybe they're someone who's going to just fill you with life and you know you're going to come away from that time uh, feeling uplifted uh, from before. I hope we all have at least one of those people in our lives. And the question is this, is Jesus one of them? When we come to church on a Sunday, when we sit down to pray in our quiet time, when we sit down with God's word, are we sitting down, coming to church, praying with the excitement and the expectancy that we are coming into the presence of God. The God who made you, the God who loves you, the God who died for you and rose for you, the God who is the source of all life and all joy and all hope. That's whose presence we gather in when we come to pray, when we come to worship. He is holy and he is good. But do our lives truly reflect that truth. Is Jesus one of those people we really look forward to spending time with? I love the way that uh, David, in the, in the Acts passage that we've had, as he's being quoted by Peter, the way he describes the presence of God. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. The presence of God is a truly wonderful miracle. The fact that we can experience the presence of God is an incredible miracle achieved for us on the cross uh, through the resurrection and the sending of God's Spirit. And it's true to say that the presence of God is always with us, is always around us. We are temples of the Holy Spirit, so he's always in us, uh, and he is everywhere we go. But it is also true to say that I think we can often forget that or lose sight of it. The story of the Israelites is uh, by far one of the most incredible stories in scripture of this group of people who were rescued from slavery by incredible miracles. They saw God do absolutely mind-blowing things. They saw him part the Red Sea so that they could walk through and then see that sea crash down on their enemies. They saw manna bread fall from heaven and provide for their every need. They saw water appear from a rock. They saw the presence of God uh, in in the cloud in the mountain. They saw a amazing, amazing things of God. And what God did is as he was leading them through the wilderness, knowing that they had a long way to go and a long journey ahead of them of many years, what he said was, I will put before you a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night so you may know that I am with you. And then later we have the Ark of the Covenant, which is uh, a sign of God's presence uh, amongst the people. And when the Ark of the Covenant was there, good things were happening because they were in the presence of God. 
And yet, there were those who grumbled. There were those who complained. There were those who failed to see the presence of God with them. There were even those who thought they'd be better off back in Egypt, where they were slaves being beaten by their masters. Because I think for some of them, for many of them, the circumstances of their lives drew their attention away from the presence of God. The difficulty that surrounded them caused them somehow to forget or to normalize the presence of God. And we may think, well, that's outrageous. How could they possibly do that? <clears throat> but yet, do we do the same sometimes? Do we normalize the presence of God? Do we treat our prayer life or church as a chore, as something we have to do because we're told to as Christians? Do we normalize the presence of God that is around us? There were, however, in that story of the Israelite people, a few individuals who weren't satisfied with that who weren't satisfied with normalizing the presence of God, who would have intentionally sought God's presence in fresh ways, in new ways, in exciting ways. There are these people who recognized that God was a good God, a just God for sure, a holy God, a righteous God, a God in all splendor and majesty, but a God who was to be found as well. A God who always had more of himself to give. Uh, this morning at St. Mark's, we were uh, meant to have that reading from 1 Kings, uh, uh, chapter 19, and, and the person reading accidentally read chapter 18. Uh, and I sat there mildly panicking until there was a verse in there that says that everywhere your people have been, there have been those that have sought you. And I thought, what an incredibly God-led mistake that is. <laughs> everywhere your people have been, there have been those who have intentionally sought you out. One of my favorite examples is the example of Elijah, who withdrew himself from everybody else who was rejecting God, everybody else who was ignoring the presence of God or had forgotten about the presence of God or had even intentionally chosen to ignore the presence of God. He said that's not good enough. He withdrew himself as the only one that was left who was willing to seek God, he describes himself, and he waits in God's presence at God's command. I don't know what he would have been expecting in that moment. I don't know whether he had any expectations. But from things he'd seen before and things he would have heard about before in the life of Moses, perhaps he would have expected that thundering cloud, that incredible things that they would have witnessed before or heard of before. But we find that God wasn't in the fire, he wasn't in the earthquake, he wasn't in the wind. He was in the still, small voice. In other words, I think he was in the last place that Elijah expected him to be. And often I think we can seek God in the places we expect to find him, in the places where perhaps it's comfortable for us to find him, and where we know we can find him, but are less willing to search for him in the places where we don't expect to find him. You see, seeking the presence of God is about seeking something that's already there. 
but it's about intentionally making ourselves more aware of that presence. Intentionally putting ourselves into that presence where we find things we need, things we need to know about God, where it reminds us of who God is, of who we are, and more importantly, of whose we are. Let's take for a moment the story of the prodigal son. Everybody, I think, knows and loves this story. It's a beautiful story of uh, Jesus telling this parable of the son who went away with his inheritance early, squandered it all on wasteful living, got lost, got broken, uh, and at one point just got to the, on his knees and was like, I've got to go home. At least there, you know, there's food even for the servants. And he goes home to find a father who greets him, a father who loves him, a father who embraces him, throws a robe around him, gives him a ring, the signet ring that is basically the family inheritance ring. Uh, he gives him everything, and not only what he has taken, but he reinstates everything back to him and throws this incredible meal for his son because he was lost and now he's found. And then there's the second son who's profoundly jealous of this, who can't understand what the father is thinking. Why on earth are you throwing this incredible elaborate party for him, the one who wasted everything you gave him, who has shamed your name, you're throwing a party for him, while I've always been here working for you, doing everything for you. I've been doing everything for you. And the father's words to that son are, you have always been with me and everything I have is yours far too often we can be like that second son and try to earn our way into God's presence to think we have to strive to get a glimpse of God's presence to think that we have to do all the things that we're supposed to do and then maybe we'll get a glimpse of God's presence but the the way to God's presence cannot be earned the only way to God's presence is through the door labelled grace. And that is only possible because of everything that Jesus did on the cross for you. As that curtain of the temple was ripped violently in two, as his spirit was poured out on all his people, as the risen Jesus conquered death, we can come before him as we are, knowing his love, forgiveness for us. You can't earn your way there because he's already earned the way there. And so we are bid to come into his presence. So let's not be like that second son. I think also, as I said, we are in danger of normalizing the presence of God. If you go to a prayer meeting or your prayer time and you come away feeling no different to how when you started or perhaps even feeling worse than when you started, then something's gone wrong. If you come to church and you leave, away, leave church feeling no different, then I think something's gone wrong. We don't come to church for us anyway. It's not about what we get out of church. We come to God for him, for his glory and for one another. And by his grace, he chooses to meet with us by his presence. And the reality is it's in the presence of God that lives are changed. It's in the presence of God that hearts are turned to him. 
It's in the presence of God, as Steve was saying about that picture of climbing into the lap of God, that we find true perspective of who we are, who he is, and whose we are. And so when we approach God, we should be willing to approach God with that expectancy that we will meet with him. Because he has promised that we will. And here's the amazing thing about God's presence. Is you could be in a conference or a church of a thousand or more people. And you could seek the presence of God as a crowd of people. And for every single person in that room, that could look different. Because the amazing thing about our God is that he knows you far better than you know yourself. He knows what you need. He knows who you are. He knows what's good for you, what's not good for you. And he is able, in his presence, to do all you need him to do. To be all you need him to be. Because he is an incredible God. Think on this for a moment. God spoke and the world came to be. That's all it took for him to create the world. He just needed to speak. In the Old Testament, we see the presence of God being so strong that if people encounter him, they die. We heard of Isaiah earlier, whose response was incredible to the holiness of God. Because of Jesus, the one who was raised from the dead by that power, by that presence, we can come before him. That same God who spoke everything into being, that same God who is holy, we do approach him because he's holy and he's mighty, and we do approach him with reverence. But we also approach him as his children. I heard someone say the other day, we need to remember when we pray that intensity is not a fruit of the Spirit. But joy is. And we do approach him with reverence and with wonder and awe, but also as his children. If my children only ever spoke to me with intensity... I think I'd struggle with that as a father. I want them to come to me in joy as well. And I think it's the same with our Father in heaven. So that friend, that one who's always an encourager, whenever you see them, you know you're going to be encouraged. Or maybe it's the friend or the family member who's always fun. You're going to have fun in their presence. You know you're going to laugh the day away uh, and come away just feeling excited. Maybe there's someone who's really kind. Maybe it's someone who's really visionary and you just come away just feeling fresh with vision and fresh excitement and fresh passion for God or for life. Maybe it's someone who's been through a similar experience to you so they have an empathy that no one else gets. And so when you're with them, you know that your needs are going to be met. Maybe it's somebody who will challenge you and you like being challenged and it's good that they challenge you because you know that's a good thing for you well Jesus is all of those things and so much more and so when we come into his presence it should be with excitement and expectancy that he is with us and he's with us in all things, whether we feel him, whether we sense him or not. He is with us in all things. The psalmist bids to be still and to know that he is God. 
And we can't really define or describe the presence of God because I think he's different for everybody. But we can know what it is like to know that he is God. Beyond all doubt. As you support the family member that you don't know how to support. As you struggle with the illness that you've been struggling with for years. As you struggle to know how to parent your children. As you struggle with the marriage and you're trying to fix it but you don't know how. As you go through life as work is a struggle. As you don't know what you're facing. You don't know what's coming. As you face redundancy. As you face struggle with money. Whatever it is you face. He is God. And when we take time, intentional time, to rest in his presence with the expectancy that we will meet with him, there we find that perspective. He is God. He is good. You are his. You are loved. That's the truth we find in the presence of God. And no matter how much I preach about it, Unless you experience that for yourself, you can't begin to understand how good it is. And even then, even when we're in the presence of God, we only glimpse his goodness. We only glimpse his wonder and his mercy and his majesty and his goodness. And there is always more of him to be found. There is always more of him to be experienced. No matter how long you have been a disciple of Jesus, there is more of him to be found. So why not seek him? Why not search all the more for him? Why not be one of those people like the Israelites? Wherever your people have been, there have been those who have sought you out. So let's not normalize the presence of God. But may we, like David, be able to say, you have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Amen. Let's stand, shall we, together? And uh, I once heard someone say, when you're talking about the presence of God, there's no time like the present. Um, And so let's just have a time of stillness. Uh, We don't need to hype God up in any way. His presence is already here. We don't need to invite him to come because he's already here. But let's just ask God to make us more aware of his presence this morning. And as we said, that will look different for all of us. But let's just say... Holy Spirit, we pray that you would make us more aware of your presence in our lives and in this moment we ask here we are as your people wanting to meet with you afresh and as we draw near to you your word promises that you will draw near to us